You're listening live to Right Side Radio with Phil Williams. It's hard to go wrong when you're on the right side. Right Side Radio, solid, conservative, and just plain right. Alabama's syndicated news talk leader, Right Side Radio, Phil Williams here live in the Right Side Studios. Man, we got the local, the state, the national. Governor covered down on all of the issues, and like the dude just said, solid, conservative, and just plain right. Well, it is uh, it is midweek, y'all. Boomer, we made it to midweek, brother. We made it to midweek. <laughs> that means that means before we go any further, we have to have some camel. Get her done. Uh oh, guess what day it is. Guess what day it is. Mike, 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 Mike. What day is it, Mike? <laughs> Leslie, guess what today is? It's hump day. <laughs> Every single time. Oh, I love that. That's All right. Best. That's it, man. It's camel day. It's uh, it's the midweek. You guys made it to hump day. You're halfway to the weekend. So uh, congratulations to you. Uh, just two more days after this one, and, and you know, in the army, we call that two and a wake up. So you're almost there. So uh, hang in. Hey, let's. We got a great show laid on for you today. Is Wednesday, so aside from the camel, that means we also have at four o'clock the grand council. You're gonna want to stay tuned. That's where my buddies uh, Jeff Poor and Dale Jackson join me on air, and we convene the grand council, ping each other with questions, see what kind of perspectives we get, and sometimes we agree, sometimes we don't. But yeah, grand council, four o'clock today. Stay tuned for that one. And then I got a triple dipper full of stuff, so hit it. The Triple Dipper. Three stories you've got to know. That's right, the Triple Dipper. Three stories, three themes, if you will, that you have got to know as we run today's show. Can't can't avoid it. Biggest story out there right now. I'm calling it the paper chase. So right now, we are still watching as the, the scandal surrounding President Biden's um, inability to, to even know where all the classified documents are that he shouldn't have had in his possession. Uh, there's a lot of little side stories on this. So as I went through the resourcing of today's show, I kept finding what I would call the side stories of the paper chase. So we're going to talk about them. Number one of the Triple Dipper, the paper chase. You're going to want to hear some of these. Plus, by the way, if we have breaking news, we'll let you know. But the White House is going to be briefing as to about the doc scandals here uh, in just a little while. Number two. All right. If you are on social media and you're a political animal, you may be looking under a hashtag, hashtag ALPolitics. If you're not, start doing it. Hashtag ALPolitics on both Facebook and Twitter. Uh, you can find the stories that have been tagged uh, or that have that hashtag in them that relate to things that are going on in the Alabama political realm. So we're going to cover down on a series of stories because right now everybody's getting their committee assignments. This was inaugural week. The speeches have been made. Certain things are already taking place. First first steps out the gate. Uh, it's going to be interesting for you to hear, by the way, what your new Secretary of State for the state of Alabama just did, a campaign promise that he fulfilled on day one. So, yeah, hashtag AL politics. That's going to be number two of the Triple Dipper. And then number three. So, you know, we do woke world. Uh, I, sometimes I break it down and I do it a little different, and I'll call it like trading blows in the, in the, uh, the woke wars. Um, but you almost have to know your enemy by understanding how they speak. I've got literally an entire glossary of woke terms. So we're going to have a lesson on libspeak. Lessons on libspeak, number three in the Triple Dipper. So y'all stay tuned for that. All right. Listen, um, let me 
move over to my comments here, and I will tell you that this one has got a, uh, a personal streak in it. Um, you know, a lot of times I tell personal stories or things to help in, sort of elucidate what I'm trying to get a point across about. But uh, this one's actually got some things that I would say meaningful um, in, in my own personal life. But let me start by saying this. I will just, I will just say this first. Nothing good, and we said it on the show before, but nothing good ever comes from an action that is preceded by someone saying, here, hold my beer and watch this. All right, if someone says that, it's about to go bad. Literally, literally nothing good has ever happened that way. But as bad as that phrase is for starting something, it might even be worse to hear someone say in the aftermath of something, well, it seemed like a good idea at the time. I mean, if someone says that, it's a phrase that is then steeped in regret. It's a phrase that implies that an action or a decision or an utterance was believed at one time to have held such promise, and in the aftermath, it was seen as a huge debacle. And you can Google search that phrase. Just Google search, it seemed like a good idea at the time. You get a page after page of search results. There have been books by that title, movies by that title, and lists of bad decisions that just seemed spot on back when they first started them. Here's one for you. Get this. In 1962... An up-and-coming rock and roll band auditioned for the vice president of talent for Decca Records in London. And he was not impressed. And he told the band's manager, yeah, we don't like your boys. Groups are out. Four-piece groups of guitars particularly are finished. Well, that band was the Beatles. And they went on to sell two billion albums plus worldwide. But hey, you know, seemed like a good idea at the time, right? How about this one? In 1977... The senior executives at 20th Century Fox, they signed over all, I mean all, all product merchandising rights for any and all Star Wars films to George Lucas in exchange for him being willing to accept a mere $20,000 cut in his studio paycheck. (laughs) So the combined revenue from the merchandising that he received from that is estimated to have exceeded $3 billion. And it continues to grow annually, making it the most lucrative deal ever struck between an individual and a corporate studio in entertainment history. But yeah, you know, hey, it was a good idea at the time, right? One more. In 1876, William Orton was the president of Western Union. He had a monopoly on the most advanced communications technology at the time, which was the telegraph. And Orton was offered the opportunity to buy the patent for a new invention, the telephone. For $100,000 in 1876, that's about $2 million in current dollars. Well, he considered the whole idea to be ridiculous, and he wrote directly to Alexander Graham Bell saying, after careful consideration of your invention, while it is a very interesting novelty, we have come to the conclusion that it has no commercial possibilities. <laughs> the telephone! You know how that story ended up, but hey, it was a good idea at the time, right? Well, the history of the world is replete with ridiculously bad decisions. Decisions that once made cost someone or some company countless opportunities and boundless riches. But what about the decisions that did more than just affect property or profit margins? What about the decisions that once made had the notoriety of negatively impacting actual lives, even to the point of death, and sometimes the deaths of large numbers of people? For example, from 1961 to 1971, 10 years, there was an ongoing mission codenamed Operation Ranch Hand, where the U.S. military sprayed over 13 million gallons of Agent Orange, a highly toxic defoliant designed to deny the enemy the use of crops and jungles, but the effects on people are the legacy. Over time, rashes, cancer, diabetes, birth defects, heart disease, and a number of other debilitating illnesses all began to be reported. 
1988, one of the founders of the program, Dr. James Clary, he confessed that when Operation Ranch Hand was initiated that no thought had been given to the effects on U.S. personnel. Hmm. Well, my own father, a veteran of two highly decorated tours in Vietnam, finally died in 2013 from complications related to Agent Orange. Somewhere, someone thought that was a great idea at the time. Then there's the anthrax vaccine. A mandatory vaccination in the late 90s is a knee-jerk reaction to two highly publicized terrorist events using anthrax. But in surveys of military members who were required to get the vaccine, 85% of them claimed that they had had adverse reactions. A percentage that was far higher than what the manufacturer's data had suggested that perhaps a mere 30% would have adverse reactions. But later studies have found far too many service members claiming such issues as cognitive impairment, autoimmune arthritis, lupus, headaches, and more. But it was important to know that it was a good idea at the time, right? I'll give you one more, and this one's also personal. When the global war on terror broke out, I immediately mobilized to Fort Bragg, North Carolina. And while there, we got all of our physicals and our shot records were updated, and then they gave us mefloquine, an anti-malarial drug that is taken in pill form once a week. Mefloquine Monday, we called it. Don't miss it. Well, I had seen my father have lingering effects of malaria long after he got back from Vietnam, so I took it religiously. I didn't get malaria. But the vivid and disturbing dreams that I had while I was taking it were something else. And the physical side effects stayed with me way after deployment. Loss of energy, lack of strength. I couldn't run a mile without getting winded. I was diagnosed for a year as being hypoglycemic with blood sugar that would just bounce around like a rubber ball. But man, I had it good compared to some. Reports began to surface after my deployment about delusions and personality disorders and psychosis that some some members had experienced. Multiple service members also committed suicide and even murder based on delusional thoughts that were later believed to be the after effects of mefloquine. And in 2013, the U.S. military quietly banned any further use of mefloquine. But hey, daggum, it was a really, really good idea at the time, right? So why am I telling you all this? I'm telling you because we have a right to question. And that right to question is based not just on freedom of expression and freedom of speech. It's based on the simple fact that history dictates that people make stupid decisions about things that negatively affect others all of the time. So the last case in point is the COVID vaccine. Now, I've said all along, if you want to get the vaccine, you should make your own healthcare decision in concert with your personal medical provider. You should. You should do what you need to do, what you believe is right there in that regard. But where this whole thing went sideways was when someone in government decided it was such a good idea at the time that everyone should be mandated to participate in the joys of the COVID jab. And, oh, Lord, if you questioned it, you were literally questioning science. And yet this week, this week, someone at the CDC finally had the wherewithal to officially indicate that studies are needed now to investigate the unusual increase in heart-related conditions among those who took certain vaccinations and or boosters. Imagine that. Long-term negative reactions to the vaccines. Huh. Go figure. Now, I'm not a doctor. I'm not a scientist. I'm just a guy. I'm a guy who lost his dad to Agent Orange. I'm a guy who had over a year of his life dictated by mefloquine. And I'm tired of being told it was a really good idea at the time to mandate that everyone jump on the COVID bandwagon. No excuses, just do it. Or risk being a modern-day leper, unable to walk freely through society. Hey, it's a freaking good idea at the time, right? That's a wrap for the right side way. Well, there you have it. Um, I did that one because I'm tired of being told we're not allowed to ask questions. 
because I don't know who didn't ask the questions about Agent Orange, but they ought to be shot. I don't know who didn't ask the questions about the anthrax vaccine. I don't know who thought mefloquine was a wonderful thing, despite the fact that we've seen deleterious after effects that have just ruined people's lives. Those were all great ideas at the time, right? Somewhere, someone needs to ask harder questions. And by God, this show is going to do it. Phil Williams, Right Side Radio. Y'all stay tuned. We'll be right back. Back, Phil Williams, Right Side Radio, solid, conservative, and just plain right, covering down on some ground across the northern part of the beautiful state of Alabama. Um, so I was I was with some folks up in Huntsville this morning, by the way, boom, I went up there for a meeting, I think you knew that, in uh, uh, meeting with some folks, and we were talking about the rocket. Uh, that oh, we were the rocket. Yesterday. Yeah, and the, and the concern about it being taken down and, and all that. What I did not know was... There's also been concerns about the one at the Space and Rocket Center, the actual, the, the big one, the Saturn Wait, V. Wait, the one that actually lays on its side. No, no, no. They nope. got they got a they got a, a big old honking. That, I think it is a Saturn V standing up. Whoa, uh, really? Said, oh yeah. I haven't been there in so long. Yeah. So, wow. Um, but uh, but yeah, that's uh, apparently it 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 was it had a dicey moment in a big storm at one point, and and the last thing you want to see is that thing coming down. But uh, wow. Ooh. Anyway. Uh, we'll see. We will see. Um, all right, Boomerson. Yes, sir. All right, so we are launching a podcast Ha-ha. with you and lovely McQueen. <laughs> yes, we are. Am I allowed to say that? Was that misogynistic on my part to say lovely McQueen? No, she's very lovely. She is. She's your wife, so we can say that, right? That's right. That's right. <laughs> um, all right, so you guys are you guys are launching the next part of the Right Side Empire. Uh, with the uh, with the now you you told me you might be tweaking the name too. What are we going to call it? Is uh, the right life? You know, figure you know, right side radio, right yeah. life. There I, we go. I'm digging it. Digging it. I'm digging it like a lot, <laughs> like with a big shovel. I'm it's it's it. going to be awesome. I, I think we're going to release it uh, February first, which I believe is a Wednesday, so two weeks from today. Is that going to be your, your now? Okay, it sounds like I have no idea what's going on around here. It's not like I run Right Side Media or anything, <laughs> but uh, but nonetheless, <laughs> there's been a lot of leeway here because I want you guys to have the product you want. But but all that to say. What do you want? You want Wednesdays is going to be your weekly release date, or is it going to be just that's your first one? Or what do you no, do? I believe it'll be Wednesday, every Wednesday. Every Wednesday. Mm-hmm. Every Wednesday. So now it's not just Camel Day. Not just Camel Day. It's Right Life Podcast <laughs> Boomer and McQueen Day. That's right. I mean, it, it, Wednesdays are going to be like, great. You got that. You have incredible show. You have the Grand Council, and it's Camel Holy Day. I mean, smoked. come on. We are stacked up on Wednesday. Well, you know, you know what? why? It's because it's Wednesday. It's Wednesday. It's the window, middle of the week. Everybody Got to give folks something to target right there in the middle. That's right. <laughs> okay, so uh, all right, so we're we're looking at Wednesday, February first, launching the new podcast with Boomer and McQueen. But uh, I, I, we need we need to have y'all on the show though. Like, yeah, so, I mean because we used to do Boomer and the Birdman, which I miss Birdman a lot. I, admit, I know, but so we need to have somebody else jump in. I'm saying tomorrow. We think. Hey, I think that's a great idea. <laughs> 
I'm gonna I'm gonna text McQueen right now. I'm gonna have I'm gonna have the list of questions ready. I'm gonna grill you guys on the air. Oh, and y'all probably gonna grill me right back. <laughs> <laughs> Which is always fun. In fact, you know what's gonna wind up happening? You and I, we do this every single day. McQueen's gonna come in and she's gonna take over. You know what's gonna happen? She will. That personality, she's gonna take over, and we're gonna be sitting here and we're not gonna we're gonna be like abba da abba da abba, and she's gonna take over the show. I know. We're, we need to post this video. I think I believe we sent it to you, and she just cracked me up and. Uh, Dude, if you if you don't oh, post that video, something's wrong. Um, <laughs> so uh, yeah, get get that thing out there. All right, folks. So yeah, you heard it. Uh, the next 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 round of Right Side Media, which is the parent company here uh, of Right Side Radio, is launching its next piece and its a uh, podcast. And we actually we have other stuff too. I mean, we got tons of social media. Um, we're on what Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. Um, we're everywhere. We got our. We're up on YouTube. Uh, how's the website doing right now? Website's up and running. Website's up and running. www.rightsideradio.org. You can live stream the show. You can watch the video and or listen to the audio. Um, Podcasts are rocking. One hundred and eight thousand eight hundred something. So, and our second biggest audience is still California. Second biggest audience is California. But you know, I did look at something, and let's see, it is right here, California, Ohio. And North Carolina, and then Missouri. I mean, there's some states that are catching up to California. I'm just saying. Come on, California. <laughs> Come on. Now, now, I used to live in California when I was young. Really? Just for a brief period of time, yeah. Um, you know, one of my sojourns outside of the beautiful state of Alabama. As an Army kid, I probably had more of a home base than a lot. We, we moved, we came back. We moved, we came back. We moved, we came back. And both sets of grandparents were here. And then Dad retired here. Um, when I was in high school, so I graduated at Grissom and Huntsville, and, and so it's, it's home. Mm. We're an Alabama family. We just had we had these sojourns where we had to go out and be itinerant uh, military family or whatever. But yeah, I lived in California briefly. So hey, California, don't slow down. Come Tell on, your friends. Callie. That's right. We're doing ministry in a foreign land. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> Bring it. All right. Listen, we're coming right back. Number one of the triple dipper, the paper chase. I got a whole bunch of side stories that relate to the Biden paper scandal. You guys stay tuned. We'll be right back. Side ruffians out there, you are listening to Right Side Radio, solid conservative, just plain right. And we are back, Phil Williams, Right Side Radio, solid conservative and 
just plain right, covering down on some ground across the great state of Alabama. I'm talking about this show is way on down south of Birmingham, up north of Huntsville, Tuscaloosa, back to Gaston, parts of Georgia, Tennessee, Mississippi, all thrown in just for good measure. It's, I think I can. I think I can say that in my sleep. <laughs> oh, text line blew up. By the way, if you want to text in, call in. It's the same number for both. 833-687-4448. That's uh, colloquially known as 833-68-RIGHT. Um, so, yeah, come on and join the fun. We got a bunch of, in fact, uh, a welcome to uh, Marianne from Huntsville, brand new texter on there. Also sent me a link, by the way. Uh, I need to take a look at it. I haven't had a chance to yet. That explains why we're having tornadoes in January. And I'm, I mean, I can imagine why it is, but it's just, it's just, it's just you know, ain't the norm. Um who else we had on there? Jason from Huntsville. Uh, let me go back to his real quick. Jason from Huntsville. Um, he, he, he texted in about the uh, monologue I just did about asking questions. And he said, especially now that data flows more freely, freely, when statistics are telling me a story doesn't jive with the TV journalist, end quote, he says, you're dang right I'm going to ask questions. The mass media and the leftist think tanks don't expect brilliance from middle Americans and hillbillies, even though we built those moon rockets. Um, so, yeah, and he went on to, to say there's a few things that basically he can always look at as, um, you know, sort of, I guess, telltale signs, like incredulity by journalists that don't understand math or balking and hem-hawing by politicians. Anyway, Jason from Huntsville, thank you, man. Appreciate you. Uh, I told you about Marianne from Huntsville being new on the line, and then Joe from Owens Crossroads. Let me go back to his real quick. He says, you guys ought to find a way to broadcast from Huntsville on, on he says, on a Thursday. I'm not sure if he means this Thursday. On a Thursday, fall or spring, German beer garden and dinner under the Saturn V starts at 1700. Oh, Uh-oh. <laughs> how do how do how do we do this, Boomer? I believe we should do this. Make this happen. I, I'm ready. Well, <laughs> you're my technology man, so you we'll you, get it. I'm going to get everything ready so that we can uh, get out there and uh, do this thing remotely. So, okay, the show goes off at 1700. That's five o'clock for all you civilians. Um, in uh, so basically, we could broadcast live from the Saturn V, and then how cool would that and be? And then hit the beer garden. That would be awesome. I am, I'm all in. <laughs> and Joe from Owens Crossroads, if we do it, you have to be there. Yes. Uh, and then uh, what else? I had, I had somebody else's I was going to read, and I forgot which one. It was. Oh, I know somebody was just texting me in saying the the Saturn One rocket at the um, at the uh, what, what do you call that the Welcome station. I'm sorry. I couldn't think what I was trying to say. The rest center out there on the interstate. Uh, he said, we got to fight to keep it. And uh, and then it was also said on the text line that the uh, the the Saturn V at the Space and Rocket Center, the one standing up outside is actually a mock-up, which I don't think I ever knew that. It's a mock-up that was repainted in the last few years. And the actual one is the one that is uh, sideways in on display inside. You can see it through the windows of the Davidson Center there at the Space and Rocket Center. So there. I have now covered down text. And by the way, I didn't even get to all the text messages. You want to text in? 833-687-4448. Let me reach behind me for my notes. There we go. Uh, already highlighted. Hold them up to the camera. You can see. Proofing my resources for today's show, the paper chase. So, yeah. This is, this is really unfolding badly for the Biden administration. I mean, I got to look at it and go, look, y'all, who's your PR consultant? Who's your, who's your disaster go-to PR consultant? Somebody please help Corrine Jean-Pierre because she's floundering. She's like treading water, man. 
barely got her nose above water. Someone throw the girl a lifeline because you're giving her nothing. And, and you know, and, and Kareem Jean-Pierre irritates the stew out of me anyway. But at the same time, she can only work with what she's got. And if you're sending her out there to the wolves, the press, without arming her with the right answers or giving her the authority to say certain things, then I don't know what's expected of her. In fact, I would think that's got to be a high burnout job. There have been some folks I thought did an amazing job at it. I thought that President Bush, uh, the, the second younger President Bush, George W., I thought he had the best um, probably of any that I've seen. Uh, he had uh, First, he had Tony Snow who I thought did a very good job. He commanded the, the, the podium, and, and he, didn't, he didn't do it in an overbearing way, but the press loved him, and um, he had the respect of the media. So Tony Snow, who left Fox to go and be President Bush's uh, press secretary, did an amazing job, and when he died unexpectedly, I think it was, was it cancer or a heart attack, I've forgotten now, when Tony Snow passed away, Dana Perino uh, came on. And uh, I still think Dana Prino did an amazing job. Now, you know, quite a difference there. They had to put something for her to stand on because it went from Tony Snow being over six feet tall to her being like, I don't know, five foot nothing. But, um, but she did a great job. Uh, and you're just not seeing that right now. I mean, they've got to quit trying to hire people that just, you know, break glass ceilings and find some people that can actually relate to the media. But Corrine Jean-Pierre has got nothing to work with, man. What a thankless job. Okay, here I go. I'm going to go out there again with no answers. I'll read some notes. I'll say the same thing over and over again. I'll smirk and I'll be smug, and then I got to go, and I'll see you tomorrow. That's her job right now. Well, so the whole thing about the Biden classified documents is the most ham-handed, inarticulate, roughshod manner of handling a crisis I think I've ever seen. First of all, they got way out ahead of their skis when they mocked President Trump back in, you know, last August. And they sent the Department of Justice to raid the former president's personal residence. A residence, by the way, that was guarded by Secret Service, had massive security, had a wall around it. All the documents were kept in boxes and locked in a basement closet. Knowingly, knowingly, they knew where to go to get them despite the fact that they searched other rooms. They knew where they were because he had told them. Now, he told me he wasn't going to give them to him, but they said, well, if you're going to keep them for right now, do it like this. And he said, okay, I'll do that. And they did that. Biden, on the other hand, what we're finding out now after he came out in September and said, I just, I think to myself, how could anyone be so irresponsible? I mean, wow. And yet we find out now at the same time that there was an oh crap moment going on in the Biden administration and or somebody related to Biden. And they were like, uh, I think we'd better go back and look. I'm going to tell you right now, we're going to, we may never know the full story here, but someone knew something. Someone said, Hey, uh, Joe, I mean, you just said that about Trump, but listen, last time I was at your office, you, you had some documents there at the Penn Biden center. Uh, when I was helping you move boxes in the garage uh, to park the Corvette, I didn't we see a top secret? Hey, the cleaning lady said when she was cleaning your study at the house in Wilmington, Delaware, um, that she was uncomfortable with these. I don't know. We're gonna. I'm making this up. But what's going to wind up happening is sooner or later we're going to realize somebody knew there was stuff, and they had to go. Oh shoot! And they went to find them after Biden had already gotten out there 
and mocked Trump after he sent the Department of Justice, whether he did it personally or not, we'll never know, but it was his Department of Justice regardless, after they went and raided a personal residence of the former president, now, ta-da, hypocrisy reigns because we find out that whereas at least Trump had him in a box in a closet in a facility guarded by the Secret Service, Biden was just like scattering him to the wind. Just dropping them like breadcrumbs, man. Just leaving himself a trail of classified documents. Where do I feel like sitting down today? Oh, I'm sorry. Let me wipe that seat down with this classified document and then throw it away in the trash can right next to me. It's just unreal. What we're also finding, though, here's the first story. You ready? Townhall.com. Piece that came out yesterday. That this is, um, this is a level of hypocrisy that it's hard to imagine. You know, in today's modern age, it's hard for you to say or do something without it becoming memorialized and able to come back on you. Townhall.com reports that while Biden and the Democrats were hammering Donald Trump for months over the Mar-a-Lago raid last summer with Joe saying he handles such sensitive materials of special care, that suddenly we're finding out that in the past, he has denied the nomination or the confirmation of an individual because he said they were reckless with classified documents. Kid you not. I've never heard this story. This is one of those side stories that just builds the overall picture. Story is that back during the Carter era, um, Biden was a rising star in the U.S. Senate back then. He was a, a new member of the Intelligence Committee, and the Intelligence Committee had been established just a little bit before that. I think he might have been a plank holder. He might have been one of the first members of the first Intelligence Committee which was established in the wake of the Nixon administration, that Biden got together with Republicans on the Intel Committee to kill the nomination of a CIA, uh, a guy who was being nominated by Carter to be the director of the CIA because the guy was a critic of the CIA and some of the establishment back then didn't want him. His name was Ted Sorensen. You can look it up, Ted Sorensen. Ted Sorensen had admitted in a prior affidavit that he had taken classified documents to help write the biography of his longtime friend, John F. Kennedy. And he had also spoken out in defense of the whistleblower in the Pentagon Papers scandal. Well, that was just too much. And so what we know now is that on the record, you can find where now President Biden, then Senator Biden, basically colluded with Republicans to deny his confirmation on the basis that Sorensen was considered to be someone who did not take classified documents seriously. <laughs> you can't make this up. It says Biden gave the aura of supporting the nomination before delivering a haymaker to the nominee about his improper acquisition of classified materials. Biden decided with Senate Republicans to kill the nomination, which Sorensen, who passed away in 2010, said was an event that should have awarded Biden a prize for political hypocrisy in a town that was noted for political hypocrisy. Um, so fast forward now, here we are, what, 40 years later, and he's president of the United States. And while he's vice president, what's he doing? Carting away documents, squirreling them away in his garage next to his Corvette, leaving them behind in the closet in his office at the Penn Biden Center with, you know, no one watching over the place. There's zero skiff. There's no one, you know, doing logs at his house where they find more. You don't know who's been in or out. Meanwhile, you got investigations ongoing about Hunter Biden and his access to foreign countries. 
who, for all we know, had access to the house where the documents were being kept, and, and they were labeled top secret. And yet Biden in the 70s is killing the nomination of a guy for CIA director because he, uh, quote, unquote, uh, where'd it go? Quote, unquote, had improper acquisition of classified materials. Can't make this stuff up. All right, I got a bunch of those side stories that I think add to the overall flavor. We're going to take a break. We'll come right back and jump back into them. Phil Williams, Right Side Radio. You guys stay tuned. Oh, it gets deeper. We'll be right back. back phil williams right side radio solid conservative and just plain right steve from tennessee just texted in just saw it uh steve you're welcome to call in and say this if you want to but he says he says trump held on to documents that exonerate him joey b has held on to documents that incriminate him that's his two cents he says (laughs) that's you know what that's a that's a that's a fair assumption and i think that's probably an educated assumption right there because yeah think about it um, Trump held on to things that when someone says, you know, well, you did this or didn't do that, he can say, here's a piece of paper. What do you think of me now? Whereas Biden, he's got stuff tucked away that if we could read it, mm, might tell you what he said to the people in Ukraine that were investigating his son being on the Burisma board or might tell you what was really being said behind closed doors when they shipped a pallet full of cash to the uh, Iranians in the middle of the Iran nuclear exchange or nuclear deal. Um, so many things, so many, I have so many questions. Speaking of questions, uh, just the news.com. I mean, number one of the triple dipper paper chase. We're still gonna be on this past the top of the hour. I would imagine just the news.com headline, Obama ethics chief slams Biden's inexcusable neglect of the most basic security protocols protocols. Now that's interesting. Keep in mind. That's the Obama ethics chief. That's the person that was appointed under the Obama administration for which Joe Biden had been the vice president. Says former government ethics director Walter Schaub, an Obama appointee, said the discovery of classified documents in President Joe Biden's home and former office, quote, reflects an inexcusable neglect, end quote, of basic security procedures. He said it's nothing like Trump. Now, he, he went on to he kind of he took a swipe at Trump here. He said it's nothing like Trump's deliberate refusal to return classified records demanded by the archives. But Biden's own retention of classified records reflects an inexcusable neglect of the most basic security profiles. Basically, what he's protocols, what he's basically saying is, yeah, it doesn't excuse Trump and his words from um, not turning them over when they were requested to be turned over. But in Biden's case. It, it the, in Biden's case, you couldn't even, I mean, there was, there was no way you could say, well, there were some protocols being adhered to. At least Trump, like I said earlier, I don't want to harp on this for the whole show, but well, I mean, it's worth it, I guess, is that Trump kept them in a manner that indicated a care and concern. Now, was he not turning them over as requested? Apparently, but he also had his lawyers engaged in the process and they were negotiating the possible turnover. But then Biden... Did anyone even know he had those? In fact, it's funny you should ask that question, Phil, (laughs) as I talk to myself. 
I said to myself, I said, self, because that's what I call myself when I talk to myself. I said, self, isn't it interesting that no one knew those documents were there? Story on Fox News. This is one of those side stories, y'all. I'm, I'm giving you all the side stories that build the entire picture. One of the side stories is Fox News dated yesterday. National Archives had dismissed claims of mishandled Obama-Biden documents weeks before the first batch was found. What? Yeah. Says the National Archives dismissed reports about mishandled documents from the Obama-Biden administration as being false and misleading just weeks before the first batch of classified documents were uncovered at the Penn-Biden Center. Really? So here we have a situation where what apparently happened was they found the documents or they did the raid on Mar-a-Lago with Trump, right? Says the National Archives then responded thereafter to questions about the documents on October the 11th, less than a month before classified documents would then also be found at the Biden think tank in Washington. Because remember, they found them November 2nd. We know about it now, but they found the first tranche of documents on November 2nd of last year. So less than a month before classified documents we found at the Biden think tank, the archives argued that all documents from the Obama administration have been securely moved to locations that met strict archival and security standards. <laughs> really? They went on to say, quote, reports that indicate or imply that those presidential records were in the possession of the former presidents or their representatives when they left office or that the records were housed in substandard conditions are false and misleading, said the National Archives and Records Administration. So basically, they, they basically said, Biden doesn't have any documents. No, come on. The only problem in the world, says the archives, is the Trump, you know, retention of documents. There's nothing else missing from the Biden, Obama-Biden, you know, era. They've all been, quote, securely moved to locations that met, quote, strict archival and security standards. Really? So I'm, what I'm gathering there is if you put them in a cardboard box— in a garage next to a green Corvette that somehow that meets a new archival and security standard. I don't think so. What we're seeing, though, is a complete and total look aside. Like the, the, whole, the whole nothing to see here, everybody keep moving, all is well, disregard the man behind the curtain. It's wrong, y'all. And I'm not done yet. I mean, I've got, I've got articles from Daily Wire. I've got articles from, more articles from Fox. I've got, I've got other side stories, one from Breitbart. I'm, I'm, all the side stories, to me, are the real story. Because this side story clearly indicates, y'all, that the same people who reported President Trump to the Department of Justice resulting in a raid on his personal residence are the same people who totally blew off the idea that Joe Biden could even have documents because they've all been accounted for, except they hadn't, and now we know it. And he blew off the protocols, according to the ethics chief of his own administration. For the love, Phil Williams, Right Side Radio. Y'all stay tuned. We'll be right back.
all you right side ruffians out there, you are listening to Right Side Radio, solid conservative, just plain right. You're listening live to Right Side Radio with Phil Williams. It's hard to go wrong when you're on the right side. Right Side Radio, solid, conservative, and just plain right. Alabama's syndicated news talk leader, Right Side Radio. Phil Williams here live in the Right Side Studios. Man, local, state, national, sometimes the international. We cover down on all of the issues and like the dude just said, solid, conservative, and just plain right. Hour number two. I don't know how that's possible. Man, I, flies by. I feel like I just, just played the camel a minute ago, and that was what? Actually, I was going to ask. And you have to raise your hand? I, I did if, just raise my hand, you, guys. If you guys can see the camera, <laughs> he actually raised his hand, like like way raised his hand. I did, because, you know, I really wanted to play the camel again. I think it's a good idea. Ah, it's, Hit it. Oh, guess what day it is. <laughs> guess what day it is. Mike, 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 Mike. Mike. What day is it, Mike? <laughs> Leslie, guess what today is? It's hump day. <laughs> All right. Yeah, let's see. That just, yes, it's this great. makes me happy. All right. Uh, I am still in number one of the triple dipper. I'm going to keep moving through it till I give you all the side stories. These side stories, in my opinion, are the ingredients. These are the flavoring. These are the spices that are making the, the main story. Don't take it all at face value. And that's, that's the thing here. This segment is designed to show you there's more than just the face value. Oh, they found some documents. and hey, they shouldn't have been there. That's the face value. It's all the side stuff that makes the difference. Okay, here's one. I had somebody on the text line a moment ago asking about, you know, the whole thing about the attorneys were the ones finding the documents. Yeah, uh, here you go. Daily Wire, dated yesterday. Department of Justice declined to monitor Biden attorneys' search for classified docs at the president's home, a report says. Wow. So let me get this straight. The Secret Service... And the FBI, let me pick it back. The Secret Service is guarding Mar-a-Lago. The FBI conducts a raid and sees documents that were under lock and key in a box in the basement where they have been instructed to put them by the archives. Huh. It takes that much effort. It takes, a, it takes literally um, uh, uh, an entire crew of jacketed FBI agents showing their badges, arriving with a warrant that they had to go to a judge to get. Meanwhile, Daily Wire reports that the Department of Justice reportedly, and I've got it circled here on my notes. I'm showing it to the camera. Um, reportedly decided against monitoring President Joe Biden's legal team as it searched the president's Wilmington, Delaware home for classified documents. Oh, because apparently he was not a threat. DOJ officials considered, not circle considered, sending FBI agents to monitor the search conducted by Biden's personal attorneys, but they decided against the oversight to avoid, quote, complicating the investigation. What does that even mean? And because Biden's legal team had been cooperative. Last I checked, Trump's legal team was being cooperative. They'd had sit-down meetings. They were responding to requests. You just didn't like what you heard. Since after 10 classified documents were found in Biden's office at a think tank in D.C., by, by the way, why did he still have the think tank in D.C.? The Penn Biden Center. He's a sitting president. 
Why was there still an office with his nameplate on the door? What? I haven't heard that question asked yet. And, and oh, by the way, keep in mind, too, the Penn Biden Center, classified documents were in the closet of his office. The Penn Biden Center was not created until a year after he left the vice presidency. So the documents that showed up at the Penn Biden Center, they didn't come with him when he left the vice presidency. They came with him a year later, at least. We have no idea where they were in the interim. And he didn't remember. He didn't know what he had for breakfast, but you know what I'm saying. It says, after 10 classified documents were found in Biden's office at a think tank in D.C., Biden's attorneys prepared to search the president's other properties for sensitive government papers. They had themselves an oh, crap moment. Oh, crap. We found 10. Oh, gee, what do we do now? We, where, else, where else could they? Could he have some in his house? Oh, geez, I hope not. Next to the Corvette? Oh, man. Anyway, DOG officials, DOJ officials met with Biden's attorneys ahead of the search, and the two sides agreed to allow Biden's team to conduct the search without immediate oversight from the FBI. Now, it takes an FBI raid at Mar-a-Lago, well-publicized, with photographs of the documents staged out on the floor, leaked out to the press. No, no, not with President Biden. I mean, dang, it's good to be a Democrat, right? By contrast, it says in this article, by contrast, in August, the FBI had raided Trump's residence at Mar-a-Lago to recover allegedly classified documents. And in November, Attorney General Merrick Garland handed the DOJ investigation into Trump's documents to a special counsel. Mm. So the question I have, though, is how did they do this? How did the DOJ authorize these attorneys? To my knowledge, these attorneys do not have uh, the proper level of classification. So to answer the question from somebody on the text line a moment ago, and I apologize, I can't recall which one asked the question, um, is that, that there's literally no knowing why these attorneys were the ones who were doing it, who prompted them to go do it. Secondly, there's also apparently no clearance for these attorneys to do it, and yet the DOJ, who is so concerned with classified documents, that they have to raid Mar-a-Lago. They're so concerned. And yet, you know, hey, you're an attorney? You got a clearance? Well, listen, just don't look too hard, all right? What the heck? It's one of those side stories that builds the entire picture for you. Here's another one for you. You ready for this? Daily Wire again. The White House won't say if the feds are searching for more Biden classified documents or if, the, or if Biden himself is even involved in the search. White House Press Secretary Karine Jean-Pierre, bless her heart. By the way, we're in Alabama. Here's the way it works. Those of y'all listening on the podcast in California or Ohio, just understand, if I say bless your heart, that's not a good thing. You can say anything you want to in Alabama about a person as long as you add bless their heart to the end of it. You know what I'm talking about, Boomer, all right? I mean, I, I, mean, I, can, I can be talking. Bless talk- their hearts. Yeah, bless, bless their hearts. Bless their heart. Bless their little heart. <laughs> Boy's dumb as a bag of hammers, bless his heart. Bless his heart. You know, girl's got a face can stop a truck, bless her heart. <laughs> I can just, I can, just, as long as you add bless your heart, you can say anything about anybody. All right. <laughs> White House Press, Press Secretary Karine Jean-Pierre, bless her heart, refused to say Tuesday's press. I'm going to do that a lot now. That's my new thing. That's going to be good. I may, I may wind up having to have a sound effect you hit a button for that has somebody going, like some... Like somebody's grandma yelling, bless their heart. 
Ooh, in a southern draw. I need to start writing down all my sound effects that I need to get. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Anyway, White House Secretary Karine Jean-Pierre, bless her heart, refused to say during Tuesday's briefing whether or not federal officials were still searching for additional. Cla- By the way, this, this, this story came out last night. So they're asking right now, the press is asking, hey, KJP, are there more documents? Do we know? Are they still are they still hunting? Uh, is it safe to assume now? The question was asked by the Associated Press reporter, Zeke Miller. Is it safe to assume now that all the documents have been recovered? Well, why would we think any different? The archives told us there weren't any to begin with, uh, but there were. Jean-Pierre, the hyphenated name, um, uh, refused to answer the question, bless her heart, claiming that she was just being prudent by letting the DOJ special counsel investigation into Biden continue without commenting on it. Now, like I said earlier, she's got a sorry job. Now, she's doing a sorry job in her sorry job, but she's got a sorry job. So, but then during another part of the same press conference, she was asked if Biden himself was physically involved. Is he helping open boxes and show people what's in them? Uh, she responded by saying that she was trying to be very clear that she would not comment on the investigation. And, and then she was also asked, because she told us last week that there were no more documents, and there were. She was asked the question by another reporter. Did you not know on Friday that those doc- documents had been found when you were at the podium, or were you being directed by someone else not to be forthcoming? To which she took issue. I have been forthcoming from this podium. What I said yes to was at the moment, at the statement at the time, was what we all had. Well, you had the statement, and I was repeating what the White House counsel was saying at the time. In other words, I don't, 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 that's what they told me to say. That's what she was saying. Wow. All right. Just so you know, another side story that just kind of paints the big picture. Paints the big, broad brush picture. It gives you all the flavoring for the recipe, if you will. Fox News reports, as of yesterday, the Biden classified document scandal, a watchdog group has now filed an ethics complaint over the fact that the White House counsel's office is involved. So here's the thing. Without belaboring too much about this, there's an organization called Protect the Public Trust. They filed a complaint with the U.S. government Office of Government Ethics on Tuesday, claiming that there's a violation of the um, standards of their conflicts. There's a conflict of interest, actually, uh, by the White House counsel, the official White House counsel, the White House counsel who is there to protect the president's position, acting on behalf of the president in his individual capacity. They said that this is a clear violation. He's doing something. Where'd it go? It creates an untenable conflict of interest, the complaint reads. It provides a benefit to President Biden himself for things that he did prior to his presidency. Ah, Good point. Lastly, what are the political ramifications? I don't know. This is speculation. But Breitbart.com is reporting as of yesterday that there are White House aides and other political pundits who are saying that what we're seeing right now unfold is something that could definitely hurt President Biden's ability to run again in 2024, which I think is part of the issue. I think that it's, it's, this, it's become... Far too easy to watch him get thrown under the bus during this, this whole scandal. I think this has been something that they need to have happen because they don't want him running again. Charlene and I were talking earlier. She's always as, as, as astute or more astute than I am about po- political things. She said that she also thinks that there's something going on with the Hunter Biden investigation and that this is an opportunity to try and get ahead of it and grab the narrative because there's going to be documents they're going to find 
that deal with Hunter Biden, and they're trying to grab them real quick and put them in places where they can't be as easily obtained. I think that's a pretty fair possibility, too. All right, there you have it. I finished number one of the Triple Dipper. Going to take a break right now. We're going to come right back. Switch gears to hashtag AL politics. Talk about some things that are happening in the political realm right here in the great state of Alabama. You guys stay tuned. We got lots of doings. You're going to want to hear what your Secretary of State just did. It's good. Phil Williams, Right Side Radio. We'll be right back. Back, Phil Williams, Right Side Radio, solid, conservative, and just plain right. I've been saying that now for a year and a half. I have not gotten tired of it. That's just, uh, I, I by the way, people ask all the time, they, like, like, what's your show about? Well, it's solid, conservative, and just plain right. And they always, like, smile, and it tells them everything. I, I just, just, anyway, good stuff. All right. Uh, hey, um, listen, by the way, if you want to call or text in, the number is 833-687-4448. Text lines are wide open. Text lines are going crazy, by the way. They are, I don't know. I can't even get through all these. Uh, Missy from Falkmore goes, why does Biden even have a think tank? That's a great question. Um, uh, we got uh, John from Brownsboro. Biden has a lot of skeletons. He needed to maintain more closet space. Oh, that's He's saying that's why he still had the office over there, because he has a lot of skeletons he had to hide. Um, and then, uh, uh, yeah, Paul from Athens points out that Kay Ivey did have an ad. I believe she had an ad during the campaign season said, Joe Biden, bless his heart. And that's, <laughs> I forgot about that, but she did. Um, uh, G.I. Joe from Birmingham says, uh, kind of like when I say something to an officer is enlisted, as long as I say, sir, at the end of it, I'm good to go. Right. <laughs> yeah. I've had, I've had a few of those over the years. Uh, Roger that, sir, we can, uh, uh, we can certainly go down that road if you really want to, sir. Um, okay. Thanks, Sergeant. Um, Raven from Russellville. We all know that Joe Biden can't find his backside with both hands. I won't read it his way. We all know Joe Biden can't find his backside with both hands and a roadmap. How in the world does he find the Corvette? Um, I, you know, by the way, I still find, by the Boomer, I still find it to be deeply ironic that the man who is pushing the Green New Deal does not own a single electric vehicle and his hobby vehicle is a gas-guzzling Corvette. Gas-guzzling Corvette. Gas-guzzling Corvette. Yep. And that's the one right now that's posted everywhere on oh, social yeah. media is his gas guzzling Corvette. And he's like, got to go EV. By the way, <laughs> I don't I don't I don't fault the guy for having a gas guzzling Corvette. Oh, no, just, I'm, I'm I, it's awesome. I mean, I, you know, I just I, nice... I still have my my dream car, my dream car, 1970 Mustang Mach 1 351 Cleveland Hearst top loader four speed. Oh, yeah. Come on. Grabber blue, by the way, is my favorite color of all of them. Mm-hmm. Mm. Uh, and I'm okay with it being a gas guzzler. Does he even have an EV that's at all? I, that's what I just said. He doesn't have it. He doesn't, he doesn't have, have one. No, not one. He has five vehicles, apparently. 
Uh, two are which are classic cars. One's a Corvette. Uh, of course, he has the beast that he drives in because the president is not going to ride in a. I mean, have you have you ever seen the beast? His limousine. I'm not sure how we got off on this. No, I, I have not. Uh, uh, pulling so, it up right so, now. So the beast, and we don't know what all it has capabilities for, but my, my understanding is the doors are so heavy because they're bulletproof Ooh. and blastproof lined. The doors are so heavy, it's it's almost a crew serve door. Like it, like you have to. That that door is gonna. That door is a honker, and um, but the beast has run flat tires. Uh, it's it's encased in, in bulletproof. Uh, uh, you know, all the way around, windows included, uh, underside. All of it. It's designed to. Oh, you got. Oh, there's a layout. He's got a schematic. Yeah. And is that thing an EV? No. <laughs> if they no. charged that thing up, how long do you think it would last with that much weight being hauled around? Not long. I mean, <laughs> no, not going to happen. So yeah, uh, the irony there is that the Biden administration pushes, pushes, pushes us to electronic electric vehicles. Man. Just clapping and waving their hands when states like California say, we're going to get rid of all those gas gunner vehicles. It's all new vehicles are going to be electric uh, by the year 2035. Sure, that's going to happen. Right, buddy. Uh, (laughs) But then (laughs) then at the same time, what does he have in his garage? His favorite vehicle. He he probably wants to be buried in it. I mean, it's just, and I will say this, I'm a classic car guy. So, I, I love the fact that the president has a, a classic uh, Corvette. I, I'm good with it. But it is, <laughs> if somebody were to say, Mr. President, Mr. President, I'm sorry, uh, you're going to have to convert that to electric. Would he do it, do you think, Boomer? I mean, I don't know if he would. Do I think- don't think he would convert it to electric. I'm surprised that, uh, I mean, again, I'm just surprised that he hasn't just gotten another EV just for show, at least, for himself. Yeah, I mean, can can we can we have the president being driven around in a uh, what's is it Nissan made the Leaf, <laughs> Nissan Leaf, Nissan Leaf, and then or a Toyota Prius? <laughs> can you see it? They, Chevy Volt. They have the Beast and then they have the Pixie. <laughs> the, the, the Pixie. Yeah. Which one is he in today? The, yeah. the the Pixie. POTUS is on the move, uh, moving to the Pixie. <laughs> <laughs> and then, <laughs> oh Lord. Where does this stuff come from? <laughs> this is what happens when Phil needs more coffee. Ooh, I'm just saying. All right, we're going to come back from the break here in a minute. We're going to jump right into the next topic, hashtag AL politics. Lots of things happening in the political realm here in the state of Alabama. You may want to hear um, how Alabama is about to start dominating the committees on armed services and Department of Homeland Security. I'm loving this. Y'all stay tuned. We'll be right back.
Hey, all you right-side ruffians out there, you are listening to Right Side Radio, solid conservative, just plain right. And we are back, Phil Williams, Right Side Radio, covering down on the ground across the great state of Alabama. I'm talking about this show is way down south of Birmingham, up north of Huntsville, Tuscaloosa, back over to Gadsden, parts of Georgia, Tennessee, and Mississippi, thrown in just for good measure. So, hashtag AL politics. If you're on social media, uh, like follow me on Twitter if you want to. That's where I do most of my personal stuff is on Twitter, although this show is also on uh, Facebook and Instagram. Uh, but if you want to follow me on Twitter, it's at Sin, that's S-E-N, at Sin Phil Williams. Um, and uh, I'm on there pretty much daily uh, doing stuff and saying things and snarking. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, hashtag AL politics. So if you're wondering, you know, okay, hey, what's happened in the political realm in Alabama? You can go into your social media platform and type in that, hashtag AL politics. I do it all lowercase. And you wind up finding the trends, the stories, the things that are happening um, that you might want to just grab hold of and get a feel for what's going on in the political environment around your great state of Sweet Home, Alabama. Story here on 1819 News by our friend Will Blakely. Will's been on this show several times. Alabama Attorney General Steve Marshall joined the coalition condemning the FDA, the Food and Drug Administration, for decisions to lift restrictions on abortion pills. So if you haven't heard, you know, already everybody knows we are, we're a very pro-life state when it comes to our laws. We even took steps to see that embedded into our state constitution. And yet, in an effort to make sure they kill as many babies as possible, the Biden administration is directing its regulatory authorities to authorize the use of um, prescriptions by mail for, birth, for abortion medications. There's, there's two news. It says, Earlier this month, the FDA altered regulations about two abortion medications, uh, mefapristone, mefapristone and mesoprostol. Um, Alabama Attorney General Steve Marshall joined a group of 22 attorneys general in a letter to the commissioner of the Food and Drug Administration to condemn its recent decision to abandon restrictions on certain pills used in abortions. In other words, the FDA had to go and change their regulatory uh, um you know, efforts. They had to change the, the, basically the, 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 the letter of the law, if you will, through regulatory, let me take that back. That's not a law. Had to change their regulations to allow birth control, not birth control, but abortion medications to be mailed. I feel like I'm stumbling my way through this. Could you, we, we need to, could somebody please give me a shot of adrenaline? Here we go. All right. <laughs> the change now allows brick and mortar pharmacies to ship the drugs through the mail. However, we're a pro-life state where abortion has been, abortion on demand has been outlawed. And so the idea that they're going to mail abortion medication to you clearly puts something into the jurisdiction of our laws that is not supposed to be there. Well, the Attorney General says the authority to regulate abortion lies with the people and their elected representatives. In our states, this is all 19 or 22 of them, in our states, we prioritize the health and safety of women and children, and our laws reflect this. And in many states, including Alabama, elective abortion is illegal. Our states will not yield to the administration's, that's the Biden administration's, radical pro-abortion policies. So, yeah, there's our attorney general uh, saying that, you know, the laws are what the laws are. If you don't like the laws here, then you can live somewhere else if you want to. 
but the laws are here that you don't mail abortion medication to citizens of Alabama. And, and, and you know, it's just, it boggles my mind. It's like there's this, this, this kind of weird desire to end as many babies' lives as possible is what it feels like. And, and it's, just, it's, just, it's just gross. It's unseemly. It's insidious. And now they're trying to send it to you through the mail, like a magazine subscription. Hey, what do you need there? We can send it to you to plain brown wrapper. Nobody will know. Whatever. All right. Um, you have a new Secretary of State. So for the last eight years, the Secretary of State of the State of Alabama has been John Merrill. Uh, I believe John Merrill did a pretty decent job. There were some things that John Merrill, um, uh, that people have, have taken issue with, one of which is uh, we were enrolled in a thing called the ERIC system. This is all voter integrity stuff. The ERIC system stands for Electronic Registration Information Center. It's a means by which allegedly data is collected across state lines that should provide warnings in the event that someone is voting in more than one jurisdiction. Like, hey, they live in Rome, Georgia, but they also voted in Cherokee County, Alabama, just, you know, 10 minutes away. Well, um, hmm, that could be a problem. However, there have been a lot of claims, a lot of concerns that the ERIC system is really a means of creating databases for Democrats and that it was funded in part by George Soros. <laughs> well, I, I can see it. It says, as his first official act in office, Alabama's Secretary of State Wes Allen has officially withdrawn the state from Eric, keeping a promise he made on the campaign trail. By the way, I love that. I love the fact he said, this is what I'm going to do. And he got in there, and on day one, he did it. He said, I, this is Wes Allen. He says, I made a promise to the people of Alabama that ending our state's relationship with the ERIC organization would be my first official act as Secretary of State. I came into the office after being sworn in yesterday. And I signed the letter to Eric, notifying them that Alabama is no longer a participant. The relationship between Alabama and Eric is finally over. So, yeah, there's 33 states and the District of Columbia that are all members of this voting system that gathers up data and helps to allegedly maintain accurate voter rolls. But here's the thing. Wes Allen said, providing the private information of Alabama citizens, including underage minors, to an out-of-state organization is troubling to me and to people that I heard from as I traveled the state for the last 20 months. He said, that is no longer a concern because the data uploads of that information from Alabama to Eric is over. Um, And he called it a Democrat-controlled database. So there you have it. Brand new sheriff in town. Got the job of Secretary of State, which, you know, if you're not familiar, Secretary of State deals with a ton of stuff, not the least of which is he's the chief election officer for the entire state of Alabama. So when 5.1 million people uh, are affected by the polls, it's good to know you got the right person in charge. And uh, so Wes Allen is there, and, uh, and the first thing he did was keep a campaign promise. Got to love that. All right, the committee assignments are out for members of the House. So we've got a – I'm going to tell you right now, y'all. I think we scored. Um, Regardless of how you feel about the outcome of certain elections, you know, whether you wanted this person, that person, or your person didn't even make it past the primary or whatever, regardless of how you feel, you got to love the fact that our representation on key committees in the state of Alabama is pretty solid. Right now, brand spanking new Congressman Dale Strong from uh, the Huntsville area. Congressman Dale Strong, former county commissioner has landed 
spots on two major committees, and these are not small. These are the fact that he's on both of these. So he is now a sitting member of House Armed Services and Department of Homeland Security committees. Um, that gives us great representation because I'll grab the next story and just have it in my hand here. He is serving alongside the chairman of House Armed Services, which is Alabama's Congressman Mike Rogers. So that's big doings. So Redstone Arsenal, I can think right now, think about their districts. Uh, if you think about it, Dale Strong's district, of course, is the northern tier of the state, uh, Huntsville being the, the hub, but it has, you know, Decatur and Redstone Arsenal, all that. And then Mike Rogers, uh, he has um, from like Calhoun County, where Anderson is running down the side of the state, the, the east side of the state, uh, down towards Lee County, where Auburn is, and I think over towards Pike Road in that area. That means that Mike Rogers probably has Anderson Army Depot, uh, the former Fort McClellan, uh, the National Guard Training Center at Fort McClellan, and um, maybe part of Maxwell Air Force Base in his district. And, of course, Dale Strong now has uh, Redstone Arsenal. And we now have both those members, one of whom is the chairman of House Armed Services. That's great representation for us. That is nothing but good for us. And you know what that does, too? That also gives us some clout when it comes time for the decision about what happens with Space Command. So as the final word on Space Command is still being, you know, held back for reasons that uh, I'm concerned to talk about, the, the, the truth of the matter is we, we have got um, two members of that committee who have great influence and a personal stake in the outcome. And, uh, and I love that. By the way, I will point out, too, Representative Mike Rogers uh, there are many who credit him as being one of those who is the reason why we have a separate space force now. Uh, Rogers and uh, what was then ranking Democrat member Jim Cooper of Tennessee, uh, they were two of the members who lobbied to get a separate branch of the military called Space Force, and they helped write the language uh, that uh, established Space Corps, or their offices did, and they, they, they supported it um, for the 2018 uh, National Defense Authorization Act. So when, when Trump passed it and talked about it, uh, my recollection was Trump even touted Mike Rogers. There was even talk for a while there about Mike Rogers being the secretary of the Space Force, much like we have a civilian secretary for each of the others. I don't know who the civilian secretary is right now. Um, but anyway, there was talk for a while there about it being Mike Rogers, but I think he's in the stronger position right now with being the chair of House Armed Services. Have I got a caller on the line, bud? I do. Let me jump over there and grab that before I run out of time. I got about a minute and a half. John from Huntsville. John, how you doing? I'm doing well. Hope you're doing as uh, well uh, well also. I'm I'm good, sir. I'm um, good. What's on your mind? Good. I part of that article that you were uh, talking about the Eric system. Yeah. Um, I, and not that I have a problem with withdrawing from it, but one of the things that I thought I heard you read was that it was sharing information of underage minors. Yeah. My I, question is, is how are we sharing underage minor information if it's only registered voters? Uh, because in the state of Alabama, uh, the age of majority is 19, but you can vote at 18. Ah, 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 ah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Sorry. I, I, I wasn't connecting the dots. I'm no, nope, that's exactly what okay. it is. And they're so, you know, they're, they're basically, they're old enough to join the military and vote, but they can't have a beer. Uh, or be emancipated from their parents yet, uh, unless they're in the military. Or sign so. a contract, or, or, yeah, si or exactly. enter into a contract. Yeah, or buy a house okay. or whatever, right. 
Um, yeah, I'm 52. I forget these things. So. <laughs> well, good enough, man. That's exactly what it was. All right. I hey, appreciate it. Hey, Thank John, you. thanks for the call. All right, Boomer, take us to a break. We'll do that. We'll come right back. We're going to stick with hashtag AL politics for a little bit more. I got some more. Like, what's the city of Birmingham doing? Um, how many months can you get off if you have a baby? Interesting. Hmm. Homicide rates are super high, but it's also important that you have months off of work. All right, Phil Williams, Right Side Radio. Y'all stay tuned. We will be right back. We are back, Phil Williams, Right Side Radio, solid conservative and just plain right, making it cool to be a conservative. So um, continuing with hashtag AL politics, things happening in the political realm right here in your hometowns. All right, right out, right, right Chanda, right Chanda in your very own backyard. So a um, couple things. Remember the other day we had uh, former Congressman Mo Brooks on the show. He broke a story and was sort of calling out his um, his uh, you know former uh, peers in the uh, in the Congress with regards to a apparent thirty nine percent pay raise that got slipped into some I, I don't know how to describe it say administrative documentation that sort of lays the foundation for how Congress runs, which includes pay scales. Well, uh, almost like a one line amendment was made in the dark of night, uh, where Congress got a 39% pay raise. And now granted, I know it's expensive to, to live up there. I know it's expensive to go back and forth, but they signed up for it. And so Congressman Mo Brooks's point was they signed up for it. They knew going in what the pay was. And he said, yeah, it's hard, but you know, there it is. Well, Congressman Jerry Carl, who is still a member of the U.S. delegation, uh, from Mobile, so Jerry Carl did an interview on uh, Jeff Poor's channel, uh, FM Talk 106.5, with uh, midday host uh, Sean Sullivan. And apparently he said, in his belief, if, uh, if Mo Brooks was still up in D.C., he'd be basically clapping and yelling and thanking uh, everybody for getting this pay raise done. And so he disagrees completely with Mo's assessment. Um, he thinks it's uh, because it's expensive. He says, basically, you don't, you don't want a bunch of people out there having to live out of their offices. And by the way, I know that happens because it happened in Montgomery, too. It's, ex- it's, it's exceedingly expensive. It was one of the factors Charlene and I had to decide about when we decided not to run for office again. Because it's expensive to go back and forth and to get a hotel room or have alternative living space, whatever. Jerry Carl, though, he's not at all ashamed about getting a 39% pay raise overnight without having it voted on on the House floor. He thinks that was a great idea. I think Jerry Carl might need to rethink that. I mean, at least sound a little bit like, you know, like, wow, that happened? Huh, I better look into this. No, he just goes, yeah, if Mo was here, he'd like it. Okay. Uh, U.S. Representative Robert Adderholt also got a major chairmanship. He's going to chair an appropriations subcommittee 
on non-defense government spending. So literally, 1819 News reports, U.S. Representative Robert Eiderholt, who has the 4th Congressional District, uh, which is where we are sitting right now, has been picked to chair the Labor, Health, and Human Services and Education Subcommittee of House Appropriations. Adderholt says as chairman of the committee, he'll be laser-focused on cutting back government spending. He says it's an honor to have been chosen to chair this important appropriations subcommittee. Um, and it has the largest amount of non-defense discretionary spending of any committee in Congress. Outside of House Armed Services, the next biggest batch of money that gets spent that is not already earmarked comes through the committee being chaired by our other senior congressman from Alabama. So that's that's two major chairmanships um, for uh, Alabama. And then you also had like Dale Strong on Homeland Security and on uh, House Armed Services. And you've got Barry Moore, WSFA, reports as of yesterday. Representative Barry Moore, uh, my friend from days in the state legislature who is now in Congress, has been on the show a couple times. Uh, says Republican Barry Moore has now received an appointment to the House Judiciary Committee. That's going to be chaired by Jim Jordan. That's the committee, one of the committees that's going to be doing the investigations um, of the Biden administration and of, uh, you know, irregularities with elections and um, enforcing um, the uh, ability to uh, have our laws applied correctly. So, yeah, congratulations to Representative, uh, or excuse me, yeah, Representative Barry Moore uh, from the 2nd Congressional District of Alabama. By the way, I have no idea what committees Terry Sewell and Jerry Carl are sitting on um, and Gary Palmer. Uh, by the way, is the chairman, last I checked, he's still the chairman of the House uh, GOP Policy Committee, which means he's one of the ones helped set their agenda. So that's just good stuff, man. I think Alabama is firmly represented. Now, within Alabama politics, you've got municipalities, and one of the ones that always jumps out to me is what Liberal Mayor Randall Woodfin is doing. So Liberal Mayor Randall Woodfin, the guy who wants to legalize marijuana and provides uh, blanket pardons for everybody who's been convicted of minor drug offenses in the city of Birmingham since 1992. He recently, uh, he's been touting, he's gave a speech to the, uh, the Kiwanis Club of Birmingham where he announced in his State of the State, or excuse me, State of the City address, uh, a new policy that will offer, and, and by the way, this feels excessive to me, so if it doesn't to you, excuse me, but it does, does, does to me. Mothers and fathers of the more than 3,000 employees if you are a mother, a new mother, or a new father, you can apply for, you ready? Three months of paid leave. Boomer, three months. Three months is a long time. Three months. 12 weeks. Wow. Am I doing my math right? 12 weeks? Yes. Three months. Says Liberal Mayor Randall Woodfin. A new policy offering 12-week parental leave. The city's more than 3,000 employees will be eligible effective immediately for 12 weeks of paid leave if they experience the birth of a child or accept a child to adopt or foster or they experience a, uh, a miscarriage That's more than, after more than 20 weeks of pregnancy. It says, under this new policy, an employee will not have to take sick time. And by the way, I don't mind, I don't mind parental leave. I, I, I think it's a new trend. You know, it, it never used to be that the dads got parental leave, but now they do. And I don't mind it being, you know, give them a two to three weeks. Three months? Is there going to be anybody at city services that we can call when our water bill needs to be adjusted? I mean, for the love. Three months. 
Let's hope they don't all have babies at the same general time, right? All right, folks. Phil Williams, Right Side Radio. Coming right back, we got the Grand Council with Jeff Poor and Dale Jackson. Stay tuned. ruffians out there you are listening to right side radio solid conservative just plain right you're listening live to right side radio with phil williams it's hard to go wrong when you're on the right side right side radio solid conservative and just plain right Alabama's syndicated news talk leader, Right Side Radio. Phil Williams here live in the Right Side Studios, yawning in the camera a moment ago. <laughs> but you got cameras everywhere, and I, I, can't, I can't yawn or scratch or anything, and the whole world sees it. Oh, my gosh. Solid conservative and just plain right and needing coffee, apparently. Hey, it's uh, Wednesday, 4 o'clock. That means that we go to a segment that uh, is, is one of my most enjoyable moments of every single week. We call it the Grand Council, and I bring in uh, two of my brethren for talk radio around the state. Uh, they've both been doing it longer than I have, and we just ping each other with questions see how we do. So let me call the roll, if you will. So from uh, FM Talk 106.5 down in uh, Mobile, the host of the Jeff Poor Show and also the executive editor for 1819 News, Jeff Poor, are you here? I am present. Did you notice I called your name first this time? Yeah, it's a rare thing. I just, just it, you know, no slight to Dale, just love for you. But that reminds me, from uh, 770 AM, 92.5 FM, Cumulus Broadcasting's WVNN out of Huntsville, program director, morning show guy, and writes for Yellowhammer News, Dale Jackson, you here? Oh! All right. Good enough. We are on the air. I pronounce a quorum. Hit it, Boomer. Assemble the Grand Council. Ta-da. All right. Grand Council being convened. I'm turning to my friend Jeff Poor and saying, Jeff, you're first. What you got? Uh, the uh, inaugural speeches, any of them, on Monday. Can you make any solid projection or prediction, I mean, for the next four years, from what we heard on Monday. Huh. Dale, you first. What do you got? Uh, Andrew Sorrell is going to count the hell out of some desks. That's gonna, <laughs> It's going to be uh, absolutely amazing, and uh, we'll get those numbers. Uh, KIV cares about education. We're going from uh, 50th uh, to like 45th to 30th, and that's happening in the next couple of years. Uh, she is for parental choice, school choice, as long as that is probably more charter schools. But that's that's all I took from any of it. You know, I I, I look at it and say, okay, it's interesting to me that Will Ainsworth and Governor Ivey's speeches were fairly much in lockstep. Um, and I, I think it's it's obvious that the uh, 
there's been an, an opportunity for uh, discussion, I think, between those two offices. I'm not going to be a bit surprised to see that in the next four years, uh, Kay Ivey is not there for the full four-year term and that uh, the administration of uh, Lieutenant Governor Will Ainsworth becomes Governor Will Ainsworth. So there's that. There's that prediction. Uh, boy, I just opened up a can of worms on that one. But then on top of that, I mean, I look at it and go, um, I think Attorney General Steve Marshall is just going to continue to um, – to, to basically lead national charges in fighting some of the wokeisms that we see uh, being perpetrated by the uh, current Biden administration. Jeff, your question, what are you thinking? I think it's safe to say we're going to see some more economic incentives, uh, more economic development. Uh, since that is, uh, one thing is for sure, it's like death taxes and economic incentives in Alabama. <laughs> so was there any in particular, like they're trying to lure something that you're aware of? No, no, it's just... Uh, the. <laughs> You know, could you ever think of a time um, when, when that was like the thing in, a, in state government? Like, uh, I don't know, our founding fathers of this state said, we're going to sit forth, create a, a new state that we dare defend our rights and roll out the red carpet for whatever national cor- uh, multinational corporation wants to come to Alabama. Okay, so I tell you what, then I'm going to take the next question and I'm going to spin straight off of that with a question I hadn't planned on. When is it an economic incentive, and when is it a um, you know a buying of someone's uh, presence? Um, how, how do you, how do you when is it okay to offer an incentive, and when is it not? Um, uh, you first, Jeff. What are you thinking? I mean, that's I, I, all I think it is right now. I mean, we are at a point in Alabama where we have a low labor participation rate, and you know, no people to work these jobs. It just seems like the idea here is, you know, like Texas and Florida, sure, they do a little economic development, but the overall business climate is friendly. It's conducive. That's why people want to move there. It's not because we're going to give you free water sewer infrastructure for 10 years or something, you know? So I I don't know. I mean, I'm sour on this whole push, and I know Dell's going to say, well, everybody does it, so we got to do it. But look, uh, you know, we need to, like, kind of start transitioning away from that. Because one would think you know, we we got that taken care of, we got that box checked. What, what what's next? Right, do, do we? Well, I'll tell you what, Dale, you first, we, and I'll come back to my 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 own question. What you got? And everyone else is doing it, so we got to do it. <laughs> I mean, we, we have to. I mean, not only is that accurate, but uh, yes, that is probably what I was going to say. So uh, I'll just go with that. But yeah, th- there are some questions about what's a giveaway. What's not, I don't like the straight cash. I'm fine with. With hooking up sewer lines and things like that, I don't like the cash either. I wish they'd get away from that. Uh, but this is how create more jobs, bring in more people to, to, to work them. I mean, that's they, they businesses obviously see uh, some benefit to, to, to coming in here and, and creating jobs, even though we don't have the people to fill them. So here, here's where I'm at on it. Uh, I, I'm well. First of all, I, I agree with you, Dale. I think that we don't need this cash giveaways. I, I'm not for that. And then, and the idea of throwing cash uh, is, 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 is to me, it's in the past, but I'm, I am, I am personally still okay with economic development incentives when you, when you do them, when you structure them correctly. Like when I was in, we passed uh, a legislation that required that there be clawbacks, meaning if we give you an incentive, like a tax rebate or, uh, or an opportunity to, uh, have water and sewer or whatever, if we give you some type of incentive and you don't meet the marks you said you were going to make, we get to claw back the money that you technically got by not having to pay taxes. Um, so clawbacks are important. Contracts are actually important because in the past there weren't always contracts. Uh, and then, and then thirdly, I think we have to look at what it takes to make us competitive. And if there's a major employer that wants to go to North Carolina or Alabama 
and North Carolina is offering something, we have to ask the question, can we beat it? Um, uh, otherwise, 1,500 jobs goes to another state. So I, I am not I am not anti-economic incentives. It's how you structure them, I think, that makes all the difference. Um, uh, Dale, your question, man. Uh, I know you were talking about this yesterday, Phil, and it's come up uh, elsewhere. The rocket's coming down at the Welcome Center. It's ah. coming down. They're going to take it down. There's talk of putting something in on this place, although they aren't even talking about what it is. The correct answer is just rebuild the dumb thing out of plywood and paint it and make it look good. That's all they need to do. <laughs> but call me crazy. What What do you want to see there instead? Is there any other places in the state where we should put something at the border as people come in? Like in, in Birmingham, uh, as you're coming down 20, maybe put like a handgun or something, uh, a giant <laughs> handgun there. Uh, and, and down there uh, in Mobile, you could put some beads or something or, or topless women passed out on the beach or something, something along those lines. What, what do you suggest? Well, I mean, we could also have a giant naked man with a, uh, a hammer and an anvil. I mean, that would be, uh, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm talking about when they're crossing into the state, though. Into the state. I mean, I, first of all, I'm going to miss that rocket if they take it down. I would I would hope that they would, you know, take it. If they have to take it down, you can you can display it differently. It doesn't have to stand up there where it could topple. Why don't they go ahead and, and, and lay it out uh, on its side and allow people to walk right up and, and touch it? No, um, you got to be able to see it from the freeway. That, that's oh, so you're, Okay, so you're wanting the, 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 the thing that signals from miles away, I am yes. almost to that rest stop. Yep. You know, I, I, I don't have an answer for you, uh, but I do think that rocket is a great symbol of North Alabama's participation in the space program. And I, and, you know, I, I did not know till this week, by the way, it got a lot of attention on my show that uh, the, the one that stands, I think it's a, it's a Saturn V that stands up there at the Space and Rocket Center, that it's actually a mock-up. It's not, mm -hmm. it's not a real one. It's yeah. actually built out of um, uh, sheet metal, I guess, and painted. Um, but uh, I, I don't have an answer for you. Something, something good. Jeff, burn it down. Who cares? <laughs> I, 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 every time I see that rocket I, and I'm crossing into Alabama, I cringe. So uh, just, just, just do away with the rocket. Why, why do we need to create a memorial out of our rest stop? This is we have to say bless his heart now after we talk yeah. about Jeff for the rest of the show. Bless. Why? Why though? I mean, this is a place to go to the bathroom. I, it's not a. It's not supposed to be something symbolic of the state I mean, it's of closed Alabama. Closed down guys. now, unless you're going to go to the bathroom. If you go to the bathroom rocket. there now, you might get arrested. You got your stupid buckies up. To, it's like the next exit. Get over it. That's what oh. we need. We need a giant beaver. <laughs> just, just a giant, giant beaver. I was thinking a 200 foot tall. Golden Nick Saban standing there with his arms on his side, holding his headset, mad that they're only up forty-five points in a well, football see, game. You see, I was I was with you because Jeff was so negative, but then you threw that, and so now Jeff and I both being Auburn fans, we're we're again you at this point. So it's just, it's it's not gonna. Let's bless you. Oh, what do we do? But come on, I mean, like, oh, uh, uh, look, it's uh, Alabama. It's got a bathroom with a rocket ship. Oh my God, uh, sweet home. Man. I hear Litter Skinner played in the background. I was just come on. <laughs> <laughs> that that would that would work a, a giant uh, yeah a giant mural of the uh, the original Leonard Skinner band who weren't Love from it. Alabama but memorialized it. it in a song I'm I'm good with that all right you bunch of naysayers we got to take a break right now folks uh, that's the first round of the Grand Council uh, Phil Williams here live on Right Side Radio with my brethren Jeff Poor from FM Talk 106.5 and 1819 News and Dale Jackson from 77 770 AM 92.5 FM out of Huntsville and Yellowhammer News y'all stay tuned. We'll be right back.
And we are back. Phil Williams, Right Side Radio, covering all of North Alabama, solid, conservative, and just plain right. Going right back to the Grand Council with my brethren in talk radio, Jeff Poor from FM Talk 106.5 and the Jeff Poor Show, and uh, Dale Jackson from uh, 92.5 FM 770 AM out of Huntsville. So, uh, fellas, I think we go back to Jeff first. What you got, man? Round two. Uh, George Santos got me thinking. and oh, no. each. Each of y'all live in a, we all live in three separate congressional districts in Alabama. I live in the first, you live in the fourth, uh, Senator, and Dale is in the fifth. Is there any scenario in which a guy could fabricate a resume in the first, the fourth, or the fifth congressional districts in Alabama and get away with it like Santos has? Because I don't think there is, which makes me wonder, what the heck were the people in New York doing when they voted for this guy? I mean, I look at this dude, and I'm thinking he got beat up a lot as a kid just looking at him. And then at the same time, if there's ever anybody that deserved to have the words, bless his heart, tacked on after his name, it's it's him. Um you know, I, no, I don't think so, because, you know, the vast majority of the 4th Congressional District where I live right now, the, the biggest county in the district is Etowah County, where I'm at, uh, in the Gadsden area, 103,000 population. But there are even counties in this, like Haleyville, where, where um, uh, Congressman Adderholt is from. The population of that county is something like, I don't know, uh, I want to say 21,000. I mean, there's a small counties. They're rural. The idea you can get away with that and somebody not say something... No, I don't see it happening in my area. Dale? I, I don't know. I mean, we've watched as money has played a very interesting role in Alabama politics over the last couple of years. Um, could you potentially just go on a, a destruction campaign uh, against somebody else and, and see what happens and, and maybe lie about your resume with, with enough money? I, I don't know enough about his particular race up there, but I, I would think it's possible. It's probably not just unique uh, to New York. I, I don't know why the media was not on the attack uh, on him. He, he was a Republican. He seems like uh, someone that's pretty uh, ripe for that kind of attack, and, and they kind of just let him slip on through. But, you know, I want to know where his family was. I mean, where, where are the people who've known him for years who can look at him and go, hey, dude, you don't have a degree. Dude, you never worked for Goldman Sachs. Hey, you never did this thing with the animal shelter. What are you talking about? And then somebody get out there and go, uh, that's my brother, and he's lying. That never happened, Jeff. I mean, think about it. Think about that slipping through, Dale. I don't think it's possible. It, it makes you wonder, though, right? But, you know, every congressional district has roughly the same amount of people in it. So it's, it, I know that we're more spread out in Alabama, but come on. I mean, it does it not seem weird that somebody like, like Phil said didn't say, hey, did, I know this guy. I, I, I was in elementary school with him. He, we used to give him swirlies. He's not so who he says he is. <laughs> so how did it happen? I mean, that that's the question. Like, do people in New York are just like, I well, just vote for the guy with the art next to us. I don't know. It is it is very peculiar to me that no one caught on to this, and, and it does it just doesn't add up. It can't. It, it doesn't seem like something that could happen in America. I mean, there's a story right now. I'm looking at it. It's ongoing. It's live right now on CNN. The screen right now. They're talking about the fact that allegedly the next new thing about Santos is that he took three thousand dollars for personal use out of a fund that was being raised by veterans to save a dying dog's life. Stealing money from a dying puppy. I mean, what? I mean, this, this it just keeps getting deeper. There's a drag queen angle too today. <laughs> how true that I feel, is. I feel certain there's a drag queen in there somewhere. Bless his heart. All right. Um, I, I, I'm trying to decide which of these two stories I want to go with. I've got one about Jerry Carl saying the payday thing wasn't a big deal, and I got. I tell you what, I'm going with Katie Britt. Katie Britt. Um, I've never seen this happen in all the years that I've been trying to pay attention to politics and all that. Foxnews.com had a puff piece 
that was literally titled, Meet Alabama's New Senator Katie Britt, National News. I have never seen this happen when a brand new freshman from, you know, little old Alabama or anywhere else for that matter, got an entire article dedicated just to telling the world who she was. And I look at that and thought, what's the angle here? Are they grooming her for something else? Is this an agreement that was made with McConnell or Shelby? Or for that matter, is it just that they find her so engaging, which she's got an engaging personality. They just found her so engaging they had to do an article that was nothing but personality driven. Jeff? It's totally that. They, they, but you know, they're, they're sitting up for their next TV superstar, right? Um, you know, who is the next Carrie Lake or who is the next person they have on on every single primetime show? And I, I don't think Katie Britt's quite there yet, but watch for these kinds of pieces on Fox News. And they're trying to build her up to get her there because they need stuff to fill the airwaves just like we do. I, I, okay. Dale, your thoughts? Yeah, I watched her work the room. Uh, down in Montgomery, um, she knows exactly what she's doing. She she definitely made every single person there feel like they were the only person in the room when she was talking to them. And, and she is very good at that. And I, th- I think that's exactly uh, what's going on there. And I think uh, she's she's perfect uh, for television. Well, and, and that's that's where it comes back to for me. I mean, I, I look at it and thought, I don't care what agreements they might have had with McConnell or whatever. They're not going to just run a puff piece. I think – and I, and I said this before, and I'll say it again. I don't think anybody I've ever seen did retail politics as good as she did. Um, uh, she was literally out there working the room. Like you said it, Dale. She was working the room. Everybody who talked to her felt like they were the only one in the room at that moment. And, and I've, But I've never seen a freshman legislator on a national level get an article where they just said, hey, meet the new senator from Alabama. And I thought, what's up? But uh, all right, Dale, your question. Last one. we got about a minute. All right, everyone's suggesting Trump might be coming back to uh, social media. Is this a good idea for him? <laughs> is it a good idea for the world? <laughs> I, no. Short answer for me is uh, he gets himself in more trouble with Twitter at 4 o'clock in the morning than anybody else could in a week. Uh, Jeff? He, he, I, I think it's uh, he's got to because right now he's he's uh, true socialing uh, to a, a, a non-existent audience, so why not do it where it counts? Uh, Dale, your own question. What are you thinking? I think he would have won the election had he been kicked off of Twitter six months prior to when he was. So, no, this is a, this is a, a, a bad idea for him. But I think you're right. He's sort of a, he's dying for the attention. And I think they're going to try to give it to him. And Twitter seems to be uh, offering uh, him a path back. So, yeah, why not take it? But I wonder what happens with True Social then. Does it um, become even more irrelevant? I mean, at that point, I think you almost have to close it down. It's like, it's like why, why even have your own platform if you're going to talk on all the others? All right, fellas, the music is playing. That means we're done preaching. Uh, appreciate you. As always, Jeff Poor from the uh, FM Talk 106.5, the Jeff Poor Show and executive editor for 1819 News. Dale Jackson, program director and morning show guy at 770 AM, 92.5 FM, WVNN out of Huntsville and with Yellowhammer News. As always, thanks, fellas. Phil Williams, Right Side Radio. Y'all stay tuned. We'll be right back.
Hey, all you right-side ruffians out there, you are listening to Right Side Radio, solid conservative, just plain right. Oh, yeah. We're back, Phil Williams, Right Side Radio, solid, conservative, and just plain right. Hey, I got to tell you, folks, uh, ZLA Solutions has been kicking it. And I don't mean like a little bit. I mean they have been kicking it. So ZLA Solutions, they are a business solutions company. And their motto, by the way, is we don't make it, we make it better. Because what they do is they come in and they help you do certain things to make your business better. And I'm talking about they can help you with quality control, sorting and containment, warehousing, logistics. But their bread and butter is staffing, putting people and jobs together. So if you personally are looking for a job, go to their website, check it out. They've got jobs posted right now all across North Alabama, good-paying jobs. But if you're an employer and you need to fill out the ranks of your workforce, it doesn't matter whether it's onesies and twosies with special niche skills or whether it's going to wind up being an entire shift of people, yeah, you can. they can help you with that. They can do the recruiting, the background checks, the drug testing, blue-collar, white-collar, no-collar, I always say. And they're and they're doing such an epic good job at it that they literally just had their biggest year ever, huge by the way, and 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 that's just an indication of of how successful they've been. So let me just tell you, I know these people personally. I believe in what they're doing. ZLA Solutions at zlausa.com. Check them out and please tell them you heard about it on Right Side Radio. Um, I got a couple of uh, text messages before I go too much further. So um, Tyler from Huntsville says, uh, I liked Jeff till he said to get rid of the rocket. Bless his heart. <laughs> Talking about Jeff Poor a minute ago. And, and then uh, uh, John from Huntsville says, put up a, uh, a giant uh, statue to Mo Brooks. <laughs> I don't think that's going to work. I got a caller on line one. Is that, is that Jeff from Indiana? Jeff, how you doing, man? Hey, even though I'm a Hoosier, man, we need to save your rocket. <laughs> I mean, you, come on. You've driven past that <laughs> rocket quite a few times, have you not? Yes, I have, and I've taken pictures of it and, and, and showed people that. And so, you know, wow, look at this. This is what it looks like when I come into Alabama. I'm kind of proud of it. But, uh, wow, nice. And, uh, and uh, you, you know, I think somebody's talking about like a million dollars to get it refurbished whatever. No, that's a rounding error <laughs> in government nowadays. My God. And uh, But can it be you're, – you're the lawyer. Uh, can it be put on a – national historical uh, landmark or anything like that or you know it's oh. been there for quite some time and oh. uh, and can you get some kind of society to to take it over or whatever you know we there's a lot of times we got a lot of old buildings you know that they you know they they can't do nothing with them because they're on a historical landmark uh, well, registry and you, you can't tear them down yeah, it's funny you say that because uh in in huntsville uh you know it's right down the road in huntsville um there's a and i think it's a hawk missile that is standing there uh, right at the intersection of Airport Road and, uh, and the Parkway, which is a major intersection in, in parts of South Huntsville. And, uh, and there was talk about it moving, and, and people kind of threw up their arms that ain't going to happen. And it, I think it's now designated uh, on the uh, uh, National Historic Sites. Um, so uh, that's a great question, Jeff. I don't have an answer for you yet, but I'm going to find out. Um, 
There yeah. might even might and, even be some of that uh, that COVID money we can use to fix it up with. That or you know, I mean, you know, hey, you you've got a voice in Alabama, and there's a lot of people behind it. Uh, start a GoFundMe, and uh, you know, have it privatized at the you know to save it. Hey, I'm hey. sure somebody would get a petition started, and uh, you know, like I say, it, it means a lot to me, and I'm not even from Alabama. <laughs> I, I've I've already decided Jeff from Indiana needs to chair the committee to save the rocket. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just, I just feel but, it. But think about it: a hundred years from now, you, you, you know, all these things are gone, and you can't look back yeah. and say, you know, when when we're flying around with spaceships or whatever, say, you know, this was the one of the first rockets, you know, that you know, in the sp- space flight back then, and you know, it needs to be preserved because there's not that many of them, and I don't, there's not, they're not making any more new ones. No, and I tell you what, man, uh, I'm, I'm of the mind uh, to, I share your sentiment is what I'm saying. Uh, I, I, I agree. I mean, and the more I think about it, the more I'm thinking that is just a big deal for the state. There needs to be a way by which that can be displayed without it being as much of a safety. Maybe they, maybe they build a, uh, like, you know, some type of a ramped thing and they kind of lay it half on its side. So it's ramped up in the air at a 45 degree angle or something like that. Something uh, to keep it going with it's not as, as much at risk, but, uh, Hey, Jeff, I got another caller on line two. I got to run get it, brother. Have a good one. All right, you too, buddy. Line two, uh, Thomas from Athens. Thomas, how you doing? Hey, I'm I'm doing well. I just wanted to weigh in on this. I think I think Jeff from Indiana is uh, is is kind of right on. Forty two forty two point three years. I worked for NASA. I'm proud of having worked for NASA for that long time. Yeah. I'm proud of being from a part of the state that is not just full of rednecks. I love my I love my good old boys. But there are some people here that have people think that we're all rednecks, and this rocket shows that we are not. And you come, you can come to Huntsville, Alabama, and be a tourist and spend money here. Well, and and your 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 point about that is taken. Although I'm pretty sure there's some people out there that are rednecks and they have engineering degrees. Just, just, just Bingo! Saying. Yes, <laughs> Amen. I do know some of them. Uh, <laughs> all right, Thomas. Uh, all right, we're starting a thing here, Boomer. I think we're getting a we're getting a show. I'm, my, I'm I'm being totally taken off the dippers, and we're talking about saving the rocket. So, Thomas, thanks for the call, man. I appreciate your time. Um, wow, you got a third caller, Boomer? Uh, hey, you want to that about yeah, put uh, just put whoever it is on the air, and let's just talk about it. Um, is that Brian? Yeah. Is that Brian from Huntsville? I, I'd see it. I just saw Brian. I knew who it was. Brian from Huntsville. How you doing, brother? Uh, doing mighty fine. And it, with my mom being a retired rocket scientist who who made rocket propellant, I do believe the rocket that is sitting at the uh, corner by the old golf course on Airport Road yeah. in the Parkway. I believe that's a Hermes. Was it? A, was it a Hermes? Hermes. Okay. Yes. Yeah, I just and it, I think that I think that's one of the original service to air. Uh, yes, and it was part of it was part of Redstone Arsenal's legacy. Is is it was one of the original? Um, um, uh, I guess not a space uh, rocket. It was designed for defense or for the attack, for that matter. But um, but yeah, I, it, it's been there all my life too, Brian, hadn't it? Mine, mine too, and I'm almost fifty eight. Come this uh, weekend, so. Well, brother, happy almost birthday. You and I are, I'll, I'll be 58 right behind you. So, um, well, good. Then we've been seeing that rocket for a long time. I hope so. I just wanted to try to get the name right if I can. For all right. Myself. Thank you, brother. Appreciate you very much. Um, all right. So we've got, uh, we got Amanda from Decatur just uh, typed in hashtag save the rocket Huntsville. So <laughs> maybe we got a thing brewing here. But we we, we may have a thing thing brewing. So I, I mean, honestly, I, I 
I'm for it. I'm I, for it. I'm for it. I'm like, let's let's save this rocket. I mean, oh. it's a cool thing. I mean, I mean, I was always not made fun of when I went up to Tennessee, but you're oh, you're from Alabama. But I'm like, have you driven by the rocket? I mean, yes. Come on. Yeah, no, no kidding. <laughs> in fact, yeah, that's that's a, that's an amazing thing. I've had some people say snide things about Alabama in my political days, and uh, and I would let's look at them and say. So uh, where exactly did they develop the space shuttle? Exactly. Or for that matter, how many states do you know that have, um, you know, mountains and rivers in the north, beautiful fertile plains in the middle, and uh, white sandy beaches where you can have tourism of three different styles? We even used to have a ski resort. Thank you very much. Cloudmont over there near Mintone. Uh, but uh, all that to say, a state that has produced people like Hank Aaron and the, uh, and the great uh, band Alabama, or for that matter, had na- multiple national football teams, um, uh, or not national football, but, but uh, NCAA um, national championship teams. Um, I'm just saying, this, this state is filled up with academics. There is award-winning medical research being done at UAB. There are rockets being designed uh, in Huntsville. There's, there's um, literally something on this state's map everywhere you look that screams of being a state uh, that, that, that people should want to be proud Absolutely. of. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I'm proud to be an Alabamian. I've lived all over the world. I wouldn't want to live anywhere else. Amen. And uh, I got somebody on the line again? Oh, yeah, but, uh, about the rocket. I mean, line, come on, guys. Line one, <laughs> uh, Britt from Athens. Uh, how you doing? How you feeling? Great. How about you, man? I'm good. I'm good. What's on your mind? Hey, I saw a Facebook post this morning by Limestone County Commissioner Colin Daly. Uh, he is the head commissioner and he has suggested that uh, the rocket should fall within the monument guidelines uh, because of how old it is. And so that idea has been put out there. We just got to get the momentum going to keep it going. So you know what uh, he, he is, is talking about that's uh, a, about possibly the voters uh, deciding, but uh, but it definitely falls within the monument uh, act. And uh, and so uh, hopefully we can get it saved that way. I had. I had not even thought. I'm ashamed because I was in Montgomery when we passed that legislation to protect monuments that are that are of a certain age, and that it's not just about a Confederate statue; it's about all kinds of things. It's even about naming of buildings. That rocket's got to fall into that category. Absolutely. Wow. And, and, and from what I understand, there's also a Korean War memorial there as well uh, that has not been really talked about. Okay, this has got to get fixed. We got to figure this out. Um, absolutely Brett great appreciate call it, keep it up man thanks man appreciate you uh wow that that's okay I, I I've got a whole new perspective on this now I had not even thought about Alabama's Monument Preservation Act I'm gonna be looking at this I, we may have an entire segment of the show on what it's going to take to save the rocket um mon, I'm right to make a note about a Monument Preservation Act um in fact, my friend uh, Gerald Allen, senator from state senator from uh, Tuscaloosa, was the sponsor of that act, and it's been you know lampooned by liberals because they oh it's the defense of Confederate memorials. No, it's not. It's it's the convince it's the it's the defense of our heritage. You got a caller on the line, Boomer? No, they came and went that quick. What did they have anything interesting to say? Well, they were they were letting me, it was Bob from uh, Huntsville. He was letting me know that the the missile in front of the airport was uh, named Hermes. It was a Hermes. That's Hermes. what Brian said. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, I, I take that. I thought it was a Hawk, but that's probably my bias because my grandfather was a project manager on the Hawk missile. Oh, wow. So there you have it. But I'm all about this saving this rocket. I mean, what, what can we do? I'm we, ready to go. We got a thing, man. We I'll give my lunch money to that GoFundMe. Absolutely. All right, folks, we'll take a break right now. I did not even get into. <laughs> no, you did not. But it's okay. <laughs> it wasn't my fault, John from Huntsville. <laughs> just, just. I mean, it's the rocket's fault, <laughs> yes. and it has a good excuse. 
All right, Phil Williams, Right Side Radio. Taking the last break of the day. We'll come right back. Y'all stay tuned. back phil williams right side radio solid conservative just plain right let me make a suggestion to you to all of you tomorrow tomorrow when you get a lunch break and you're thinking to yourself what am i doing i just don't feel like eating this ham sandwich that i packed at the house or maybe you're thinking you know i need to stop eating the way i've been eating maybe i need something better but also enjoyable how about this just love coffee cafe just Love Coffee Cafe, two locations in our listening area, one on Hughes Road in Madison out towards City Hall, the other one on South Parkway in Huntsville. Man, they got a menu to knock your socks off. So do they have great coffees? Yes, award-winning coffees. They got, they got wonderful beans they can grind fresh, make you a steaming cup of black coffee, light roast, medium roast, dark roast. They've got amazing treat coffees, Charlene calls them, like the cappuccinos, the lattes, the espressos, but their food. And I'm looking at it right now. Maybe tomorrow at lunch, you go down there, and you try their classic club. It's a club sandwich, Phil. Everybody's got a club. No, not like this. They don't. Roast beef, turkey, bacon, pepper jack, cheese, provolone, lettuce, and tomato on a toasted sourdough bread served with chips and a pickle spear and a side of sun-dried jalapeno mayo. And they cook the thing in a waffle iron so it comes out with this amazing kind of chewy, waffly texture. How about the grilled Italian caprice, also cooked in a waffle iron, mozzarella cheese, basil pepper jack cheese, sliced tomatoes served on sourdough with a side of balsamic vinaigrette, chips, and a pickle spear. Or my favorite, the jive turkey wrap, a flour tortilla with turkey, bacon, provolone, spinach, and creamy pepper jelly spread served with chips and the pickle spear. Anyway, all said and done, that and other stuff is on their menu. Just Love Coffee Cafe. It is way more than a cup of coffee or a quick grab of uh, something for breakfast. No, 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 no. The food there is amazing. Two locations, Hughes Road in Madison, South Parkway in Huntsville. Just Love Coffee Cafe. Tell them you heard about it on Right Side Radio. I would appreciate it. Um, all right, I got a caller holding on the line for me. I mean, my text line is filled up with Save the Rocket, man. Saved, filled full up. I got line two, uh, Scott from Huntsville. Scott, how you doing? Hey, Phil, I'm doing great. Uh, thanks for taking my call. Absolutely. What's on your uh, mind? So two things. Uh, the Werner Von Braun Astronomical Society might be able to help. Oh, I'm writing this down. And Werner number two, here's an, here's an assignment for you, Phil. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Get an interview with Katie Britt, and let's see what she can do for North Alabama. If Richard Shelby can have a whole bunch of things put in, a bunch of pork put in the budget, Let's see if Katie Britt can do can be as powerful as uh, Richard Shelby and see if she can get some things in the budget for our landmark. Ah, save the rocket, Katie Britt. This, you're being called out right now by Scott from That's Huntsville. That's right, Katie. That's All right. right. <laughs> Scott, thanks for the call, man. Appreciate you holding through the break. Yep. Um, this is boomer. This is taking off. So like, the I'm, text I'm message, ready for this. Are you Come ready on. for this? Yes. Like we're talking, we're maybe looking at t-shirts. And yeah. Save the rocket shirts. T-shirts. Uh, Roger from Ardmore says Rocket City Rednecks. Man, there was a show, Ooh. by the way, called Rocket City Rednecks. Rocket City Rednecks. Bunch of right-side ruffians, Rocket like City that. Rednecks. I'm like digging it. it. 
Mm. Um, and our listening area, by the way, is way more than Huntsville. But y'all, if you're down there in Birmingham as part of our listening audience, you, know, you still have to drive down 65. This is your landmark, too. This is Absolutely. not just a Huntsville thing. Um, and then uh, Tony from Piedmont just said, dang, that sounds good. <laughs> I don't know if he's talking about Just Love Coffee or Rocket City Rednecks, but uh, it, it, both of them sound good. Um, uh, John from uh, Huntsville just texted and said, I hope those hope I hope I'm smarter than a redneck. I hope those I'm smarter than a redneck people don't chain themselves to the rocket and sing we shall not be moved. <laughs> we were just talking about doing a live remote from we the rocket. Just talking about just now. I handcuffed myself to the rocket and tell people to come on out and watch me broadcast. <laughs> can we do that? I don't know. Can, I'm sure we can. Heck. That'd be fun. We're do anything. We're right side radio. And ruffians. Right side radio ruffians, Red City, Rocket City Rednecks. <laughs> Say that five times fast. Um, John from Lexington, South Carolina says, why not replace it with an SLS or a Blue Origin platform? Apollo and Huntsville, it honors past and future. Hmm. hmm. Interesting. Well, if we got a spare one of those laying around, maybe so. Uh, David from Huntsville, uh, make sure no one gives to the rocket preservation until. Uh, they have supported <laughs> Right Side Radio. <laughs> Thank you, David. Appreciate you, man. Uh, John from Brownsboro. Um, where did you get your SLS system? Oh, you had to wait for Elon Musk to build one. Okay. <laughs> okay. Now we're getting now we're getting some of the snarkies out here. All right. Uh, Jeff from Indiana just typed in and 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 he says, "I'm glad to know I started the fire here." So mm-hmm. yes, Jeff, you did. Rita from Scottsboro just says, "Save the rocket" with the emoji, by the way. There's a rocket emoji. I didn't know that existed. Oh, man. Rocket emoji. Rocket emoji, man. Okay. Listen, I'm going to... And then JT from Lacey Springs has one of my favorite. With regards to the call we had a little while ago, he says, uh, engineers dream it, rednecks make it a reality. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. That is good. All right. I didn't even get into um, you uh, did not. My, my third dipper. And you don't have time. I, I could do it in the next two minutes. One minute. Oh, one minute. <laughs> one minute and 20 seconds. So I've got an entire glossary here of liberal terms, like like how to speak liberal. So tomorrow we're going down that road, man. Ooh, that's going to be good. I got, I got how to a, speak liberal. I'm gonna, and, and I think tomorrow, too, we're also going to have the uh, very first run of... Oh, Boomer and McQueen. Boomer and McQueen. Yeah. Well, I, I did text her and she said she is she's ready. Boomer McQueen gonna be in the hot seat, and uh, we got to get y'all a sound effect. Oh, I'll, I'll try to remember that tomorrow morning. <laughs> I, we do though, we do. All uh, right, y'all are an amazing audience. There's only one reason why Boomer and I sit here and do this every single day. It's not because we like to hear ourselves talk. It's because we love being out there with you guys. So, thank you for this massive audience participation. Thank you for the fact that the show is being successful because of you. And uh, y'all stay tuned because we got plenty more where that came from. Boomer and I back here tomorrow at two o'clock. Uh, right Side Radio, syndicated across the great state of Alabama. Yep. And uh, solid conservative and just plain right. Did I hear music playing or not? You're uh, you're almost there. You I'm got almost, like 12 seconds. I could have sworn I heard music playing, and I went ahead and did my outro right then. <laughs> I'm just going to sit here and be quiet now for the next Now what? it's just going to be quiet time. <laughs> we, have, we have way too much fun on this show. All right, folks, now we're done. Y'all have an amazing night. We'll see you tomorrow.
right side ruffians out there, you are listening to Right Side Radio, solid conservative, just plain right. 